places that the tomb might be. There, there, some say it's one and some say it's the other. But I've been to both of them and they're both empty. <clears throat> so whichever one it is, he got up. <clears throat> if he didn't get up, we'd be in a mess. If he didn't get up, he'd be a liar. If he didn't get up, we would be hopeless. But guess what? On the third day, he got up. Let's give God praise and glory. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to, I want you to do me a favor. Grab your Bible real quickly. The choir's almost down. They're almost down. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1. And as soon as all the choir finds their place, I'm going to let you sit down. I know you've been standing a long time. Romans chapter number 1. All right, all right. You can be seated. You can be seated. <clears throat> I'm a little nervous tonight, not, not because of the crowd, because we've had, we've had bigger crowds in here. It says this, is, this is not the biggest one we've ever had, so it's not necessarily that. Uh, not because it's Easter, because we've had several Easter's here. Uh, I've just never done anything like this on Easter Sunday. Uh, matter of fact, if the, if the truth be known, uh, I, I've never preached on this subject in this way before. Uh, it's usually not something I will do in such a heavy subject for an Easter Sunday. Uh, but I just feel, and I felt this, I, I have felt this for, for weeks, that this is the direction that the Lord would have us go. And uh, so I, I, how many of y'all would rather hear from the Lord than me? <laughs> Uh, my opinion matters not, and I have no significance in anything I have to say, but when I'm here to tell you what he says, it makes all the difference in the world. And so I want you to pray for me. I do. I, 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 I desire your prayers. I desire you to, to just ask the Lord to help me. I've got an agenda. I'm not going to lie. I've got an agenda. For all the believers in here, I want you to appreciate what Jesus did even in a greater way than you do right now. And for the unbeliever, for those that do not know the Lord, I want you to understand truly what he did just for you. But we're going to go at it a little different way. All over America, all over America, they're going to be talking about the what. The what. They're going to be talking about the cross. They're going to be talking about Calvary. They're going, to, they're going to be talking about uh, the trial, the mock trial. They're going to talk about when Jesus was praying and his, and his sweat became as great drops of blood. And, and they're going to talk about his agony. And they're going to talk about all that he went through on the cross. Some are even going to talk about the sayings that they heard while he was on the cross. Some are going to talk about the cat of nine tails and the, and the spikes that were driven into his flesh to hold him on a cross. That's the what. And I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to go there. I think most of us know what happened. And I think we're very aware of what happened. But I want to talk about the why. I want to talk about the why. Because you can't really appreciate the what until you understand the why. And I, as much as we can appreciate and we look at Calvary and we look at the cross, and we look at uh, his crucifixion, and, 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 and my goodness, if you can't appreciate that, something's wrong. But when you understand the why, 
it brings even greater impact to the truth of what we've heard. And all God's people say it. All right, let's look. Romans chapter number 1 and verse number 16. The apostle Paul is writing. Paul has been in prison. Paul has been mocked and ridiculed. Paul has been made fun of. They've laughed at him. They've scorned him. They've scorned his message and, and they've mocked his, his, the truth he has shared. But he says, even with all of that, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And if you want to understand that, he's just saying the non-Jew, the Gentile, the person that is not of Jewish lineage. Are y'all with me? Say amen. In other words, to everybody. To everybody. All right? It says verse 17, for therein, what is therein? The gospel. In the gospel. We learn in the gospel uh, the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by So in the gospel, we learn that we cannot earn our salvation. In the gospel, we learn that we must place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the price that he paid on Calvary's cross. That's where we learn it, the gospel. We preach the gospel, we teach the gospel, we share the gospel. We say, put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The just shall live by We learn that. Now, now the word for, you find that. In other words, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The word for in verse 17 can be translated because. Also in verse 18, because. Why do we need to know that the gospel is the power of salvation? Because, verse 18... The wrath of God, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Let's read verse 18 together with me. Will you do that? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. When's the last time you heard a message on the wrath of God? There's a lot going to be said this weekend on the love of God, as well it should. We're going to talk about it a little bit tonight. There's a lot of focus on the grace of God. And there's a lot of focus on the mercy of God. There's a lot of focus on the gifts of God. The, listen, the promise of salvation. But I haven't heard a lot of people talking about the wrath of God. So tonight, if you'll pray with me and pray for me, I want to share you a truth that I promise you, I promise you will bless you when you get it all. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I stand before you in desperate need of your anointing. This is not one place I want to stand alone. Lord, this is not one place I want to stand without your presence and without your touch. And Father, I pray that you'll anoint your word. I don't have anything fancy to say. I don't have any, I don't have any props. I don't have any gimmicks. I don't have anything but your word. But Lord, I know that's enough. The power of God is in the gospel. And I pray that you'll help me deliver it today. And Lord, we'll thank you for it 
and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. How many of you ever said the phrase or heard the phrase, I've got good news and I've got... How many of y'all always pick the bad news first? That's me. I always pick the bad news first because I was hoping the good news would make up for the bad news. Are y'all with me? Well, tonight, tonight, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The gospel is, the word gospel literally means good news. How many are glad of that? Everything they sung, everything they sung tonight was good news. Amen. Good news. Man, it's good news. Knowing I'm on my way to heaven, that's good news. Knowing that my sins have been washed away, that's good news. Knowing that he's put my name in the Lamb's book of life, that's good news. Knowing that he would forgive me of all of my sins, even as undeserving as I am. That, honey, is good news. But I got some bad news. I've got some bad news. Why would he have to tell us the gospel? Why would he have to tell us about salvation? And see, we, I, I, I've been in church my whole life. I've been in church my whole life. I know I speak fluently Christianese. How many of y'all can speak Christianese? We use words that, that people who don't know anything about church or are not familiar with church, we use words they don't even get. They don't understand. They've never heard these words before. And we just take for granted that they know them. I mean, I've talked to people who never went to church. They'd never had that opportunity or that privilege. And, and, and I'll use the word saved. And I'll say, man, are you saved? And they'll say, from what? From what? And you know what? That's a legit question. That's a legit question. Because we are saved from something. We are saved from something. So that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about this salvation I want to talk about when he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. From what? Why do we need this salvation? Why should we go to every corner of this earth and proclaim the gospel, the good news of Christ? Why should we do that? Why is it so necessary? Why is it so important? Why is this such a crisis today? What are we saved from? Well, Paul adds it to his, his message. He says, for the wrath of God or because the wrath of God is revealed. Here's the bad news. <clears throat> if you're taking notes, I've got, if you're not familiar with Temple, if you're new to Temple, we've got a lot of people who like to take notes, so I'm going to give them some notes to write down. Here's the bad news. <clears throat> Here's the bad news. Wrath is coming. Wrath is coming. Look up the word wrath. It means fiery indignation. It means anger. And it's the wrath of God. The wrath of God is not talked about much because it's not popular. Because it does, it does the wrath of God, thinking about the wrath of God does not pr- produce good fuzzy feelings. It doesn't make you feel warm on the inside. It produces fear. It produces anxiety. When I think about the wrath of God and I think about the anger of God, I'll be honest with you, it makes me a little uncomfortable. But the Bible says there is wrath coming. There is a day of judgment coming. Now, I'm going to do this. And like I said, I don't never do this, but so so please bear with me. I want to give you nothing but God's word. 
I'm going to give you verse after verse after verse, and I'm going to go fast because my time is limited. So if you want to write these down, I can give you a copy of it later, whatever you need to do. But I want you to believe what I'm saying, not because I'm saying it, but because I'm telling you what God's Word says. Are you with me? Look what it says. Romans 2, Romans 2 verse 5. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, that means unrepentant heart, you treasure up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath. In other words, Paul is saying there's coming a day when the wrath of God is going to fall and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he's talking about the saved, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. Here's what's waiting on them. Indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also to the Gentile. In other words, nobody's immune to this wrath. Nobody's immune to this judgment. Nobody's immune to this day that's coming. Ezra 8.22, the hand of our God is upon all of them for good that seek Him, but His power and His wrath is against all them that forsake Him. John 3.36, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Ephesians 5.3, but fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saint, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you. I don't care. I don't care what TV preachers are saying. I don't care what local preachers are saying. Don't let anybody deceive you or trick you into thinking this is not a reality. He says this, let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Revelation is a book of the endings. If you've studied Revelation, I've gone through it several, several times, and, and it is a book of the future. It's a book of what's going to take place. God gave uh, the Apostle John a glimpse of the future. And in the, the book of Revelation, you'll find that God's judgment is being poured out upon this earth. Three different sets of judgments. Seven sealed judgments and seven trumpet judgments and seven vile judgments. God is going to pour His wrath upon this earth. Revelation 6.15 describes it. He says, And the kings of the earth and the great men, the rich men, the chief captains and the mighty men, every bondman and every free man, in other words, the highest of the high and the lowest of the low. They hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Wrath is coming. There is a day that's coming. There is a day of judgment. There is a day of wrath. There is a day of condemnation. Wrath is coming. 
I know we hear a lot about God's love and I know we hear a lot about God's mercy and, and, and we should and that's great. But we need to start preaching about God's holiness. You say, what's God so mad at? If he is going to pour out his wrath, what's he so mad at? You've got to understand his wrath is connected to his holiness. Holiness, purity, righteousness. He is a just God. And his creation has rebelled against him. And because of their rebellion, because of their sin, he is so holy and he is so righteous He is so just that there are creatures around the throne that cry out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And because of His holiness, He cannot sweep sin under the rug. He cannot ignore it. He cannot act like it did not happen. Why? Because it is a complete contradiction of His holiness. And he's angry at sin. And sin must be dealt with. And ladies and gentlemen, one day it will be. I got bad news. Wrath is coming. I've got bad news. B, wrath is here. Let me show you the word. Don't bug out on me till I get the good news, people. Because there is some good news. Look in verse 18. For the wrath of God is... What's that word? Come on, everybody. The wrath of God is revealed. The word revealed is in, in the present tense continuous action. In other words, in other words, it's happening now. Not just in the future. There is going to be a day, there is going to be a specific day that God is going to pour His wrath out upon the sin of this world and upon mankind who is in their sin. But what Paul is saying here is it's already here. The wrath of God is already here. Now you say, preacher, where in the world? Where in the world do we see the wrath of God? I'm glad you asked. I want you to understand Every single time you go to a funeral, you are witnessing the wrath of God. Preacher, what are you saying? I want want to show you a verse. Romans 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Say that with me. And death by sin. So death has passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. But not, verse 15, verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For Watch this now. For if through the offense, the sin, the disobedience, the rebellion against God, for through the offense of one, many be dead. Many be dead. I want you to look in verse 16. What does God call this? It says, and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. Watch this. For the... Come on, everybody. For the was by one to. All right, what is that? It's saying that death is a form of judgment. Death is a form of judgment. And because of sin, because of sin, 
We have to die. Because of sin, we are growing older. Because of sin, guess what, guys? I, I, I don't know what you're thinking, but we're falling apart. I know you don't think that at 12, and you don't think that at 20, but at 40, you, you, you know it. And guess what? That is a part of the judgment of God on sin. In the day that ye eat of the fruit, ye shall surely die. For the wages of sin is death. Preacher, what are you saying? Every single time you see the obituary, you're witnessing and you're seeing the wrath of God upon sin. It's happening right now. We lose our loved ones because of the wrath of God upon sin. God is judging sin. It's a judgment upon sin. Not only do we see it in universal death. Universal death. But we also see it in universal suffering. Universal suffering. Paul said, I reckon that the sufferings, this is Romans 8, 18. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature, that's the created being in in the creation, waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity. Look at that. The creature, that's you and me and this earth. The creature was made subject to vanity. Vanity means futility. It means futility. It means emptiness. It means frustration. It means suffering and sorrow. The Bible says man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. All of the suffering and sorrow. Preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. You work your whole life to retire at 60 and you have a heart attack at 59. You plant your crops and you do everything. You have high hopes for all of your crops and a flood comes and takes it all away. Preacher, what are you saying? In this world, we're going to find tribulation. In this world, there is sorrow. Listen, you you don't have to take my word for it. Turn on the TV. We see school shootings. We see kidnappings. We see, see, listen, the sex trade and, 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 and young girls being kidnapped and sold into sex slavery. All of this. All of this sorrow, all of this suffering we've been made subject to. It's the wrath of God upon sin. But not only that, in chapter number one, this is where you'll really see it. Unrestrained sin. Unrestrained. Say that with me. Unrestrained sin. Look, look Look what it says. Romans chapter number two. Chapter number, uh, Romans chapter number 1, verse 24. People have turned their back on God, so look what God does. Look what God does. Romans chapter 1, verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up. Say that with me. Wherefore God also gave them up. He gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up. Say it with me. God. 
He gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women to change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their heir which was meet. Verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Three different times it says God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them over. What does that mean? There came a certain point and there came a certain time that God says, okay, do what you want to do. He let them be what they wanted to be. And whether you know this or not or understand this or can comprehend this, that is judgment. I am so glad that I have a God who comes and He convicts me when I sin. And He chastens me when I sin. And He corrects me when I sin because He loves me. But we are living in a world where God has taken His hands and quit restraining the wickedness around us. Nobody in here can testify against the fact that this world is more wicked than it's ever been. And do you know what you're witnessing? Do you know what you're seeing? We're seeing people who don't know what bathroom to use. We're seeing people who don't know and cannot tell you who is male and who is female. And if you stand against it, then you're wicked and talked about. God said the day would come when they would call evil good and good evil. We are there. Preacher, what are you saying? You're witnessing the wrath of God. When you see the wickedness of the culture, when you see the wickedness of this world getting worse and worse, that is the wrath of God. He gave them over in His wrath. God's wrath is being revealed. I got some more bad news. Not only is wrath coming, not only is wrath here, but guys, we're all guilty. I need to hurry. The Bible says, for there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that seeketh after God. We're guilty. Look what it says. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. Romans 3.19, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that, watch this now, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. James 2.10. I'm going to put these two together so it makes sense. James 2.10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of... What does that mean? You say, preacher, I'm doing pretty good with that adultery commandment. I'm doing pretty good with that stealing commandment. I don't steal. I'm, 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 I'm doing pretty good with that one about taking no other gods before him and, 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 and not, 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 I'm doing pretty good with him. How about that lying one? 
Here's what James is saying. If you have broken one. Now, I'm, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to see if y'all going to be honest. How many of y'all have ever told a lie before? Because if you don't raise your hand, you just did. <laughs> Husbands, does this make me look? Uh-huh. Right? We've told lies. You say, but preacher, I, I meant well by it. It was just a little white one. You're guilty. You see, God sent his law. I know there's a, there's a, there's a misunderstanding of the, of the commandments in the law. You say, God sent those commandments so we'd follow them. No, no, that's not why. How y'all doing with that? The Jews didn't do real well with it either. So he did not send that so we would follow it. And if we followed it, we could get into heaven. He sent the commandments to show us we couldn't. He sent the commandments to show us his holiness and the standard. And we can never reach the standard. Because if we've ever been guilty of one, we've been guilty of them And he sent the whole world to let them see that we are all guilty. And the bad news is this. If we are all guilty, then guess what we all have waiting on us? The wrath of God. If we're all guilty of sin and one day God is going to judge sin. I know you think that that first death, that that's all there is to it. But it's not. There is a second death that's coming at that day of judgment. But I don't know about y'all, but I'm through with bad news. I need some good news. Say, preacher, what is the good news? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel of Christ? That Jesus, God's darling son, came to this earth and he became a man. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What's the good news? The good news is this. The good news is this. That instead of God pouring his wrath out on you, he poured it out on his son. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. In other words, the Jewish people, he was dying for their sins, and they were saying he was being punished by his father while he was dying for their sins. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone into his own way. But the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. All of our disobedience, all of our rebellion, all of our lies, all of our sin was put on him. Isaiah 53, 8. And he was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? He was cut off out of the land of the living. Watch this. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. What does 2 Corinthians 5.21 tell us? 
For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Let me say that again. For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Romans 8.32 He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall not He with Him also freely give us all things? Let me explain that. On Calvary, on Calvary, the cross of Calvary, God the Father treated His Son as if He carried every sin of every human being that ever lived. Why do you think that Jesus was praying and His prayer became as great agony? And he prayed to the point his sweat became as great drops of blood because he was so holy and he was so pure and he was so righteous that when he took and he thought about the concept of all of the sin of mankind, every rape, every incestuous act, every murder, everything that we think is so awful and wicked, he became that. So God could punish him instead of of you. He became all of our sin. He became all of our wickedness. He became all of our reviling and our rebelling and every sin that's ever been committed was placed upon Him. And God judged Him. Because you see in God's holiness... And God, you say, well, God's forgiven me. That's not quite all there is to it. My salvation is free. No, it wasn't. It cost Jesus. You got it, but it still got paid for. Because God will not ignore sin. God will not sweep it under the rug. He can't. He's holy. So God sent His Son and judged him. Ladies and gentlemen, on the cross, there was a time of darkness. And in that darkness, everywhere in the Gospels that you find Jesus referring to God the Father, He refers to Him as Father. But on the cross, when all the sin of the world was placed upon him, all the sin of mankind was placed upon him, in that time, God the Father had to turn his back on his son. And see, that's the eternal judgment that's coming for every unbeliever. And in that hour, in that moment, when God the Father who was so holy and so righteous had to turn His back and could not look upon the sin of His Son, His Son cried out, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? He took Your judgment. And He took my judgment. I got good news. God judged Jesus Instead of you. One more thing and we'll pray. Not only did God judge Jesus instead of you. He provided a way for you to escape judgment. Let that sink in a minute. Let me read it. Let me read it. 
I know this is heavy stuff, guys. I know it. But it'll help you. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Ephesians 2, 4. But God who is rich in mercy for His great love, watch this now, for His great love wherewith He loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved. Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth His love toward, I mean the word commendeth means to put on display. He says, look how much I love you. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Watch this. Watch this. This is, going, this is where we're going to wrap it up right here. Verse 9. Verse 9. All right, before I read this, can anybody remember the bad news? What's the bad news? Something's coming. Wrath is uh, B. Wrath is here. Watch. <laughs> Woo. I feel God bumps rising up on my neck right now. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for. Watch this. Much more than being now justified by his blood. We, read it with me. We shall be saved from through. about the bus <laughs> I was so hoping I'd have time to tell you this part I got seven minutes <clears throat> oh we're saved from that wrath I know what you're thinking that judgment day and yeah yeah because if you're a believer in Christ, you're not going to experience the second death. But we still have that now wrath to deal with. Guess what? You say, preacher, that wrath is here is the universal death. I know it. But since Jesus died, he took away the sting of death. He took this thing. And even though we have to experience it, it can't sting us. And it has become, this is what it's become. It's not become something to fear or to be afraid of. It's become a door to paradise. I heard one say one time a preacher was threatened, said, I'm going to kill you. He said, you can't threaten me with heaven. <laughs> so how can that be? Because of Calvary. We're saved from the wrath to come. 
We're saved from that death. When we go to a funeral, we don't go like unbelievers go. We don't go helpless and we don't go hopeless and we don't go without a future rest to know one day I'm going to see my saint brother again and my sister again. Oh, what about that suffering? Yeah. What about that suffering? I reckon that proves Paul was a redneck. Say amen. Don't nobody say nothing to me else about saying reckon. Paul said it in the Bible. King James, get your Bible, open it up. He said, I reckon that the sufferings this present time cannot be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. But there's more to it. Romans 8, 28. For all things work together. For all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, them that are called according to His purpose. Preacher, what is he saying? That suffering that everybody has to face. Yeah, we have to face heart attack. We have to face blood diseases and we have to face sugar diabetes and and we have to face blood pressure. We have to face all the suffering that the lost people have to face. But there's something that's different. God will take all of our suffering and He will turn it around and work it to our good. When you are a believer, your suffering is different. Your suffering is not for the sake of punishment. It's not for the sake of wrath. It's not for the sake of judgment because we have a God who's powerful enough and big enough to take all of your suffering and turn it around and work for your good. Preach it, Bishop, preach it. Oh, but what about what about that sin? What about that sin? (laughs) I know you was going to ask about that one. The moment that you got saved. The moment that you got saved. He put his Holy Spirit in you. Instead of turning you loose. He reigned you in. Instead of letting you do what you want and end up with the punishment for whatever that vile thing is, God said, uh-uh. So I don't like this conviction. You better thank God for it. You better thank God when you do something stupid and ignorant, God comes and gets your attention. You better thank God for the chastening of the Lord because the Bible says, for whom he loveth, he chasteneth. He corrects. Why? Because correction will bring about the fruits of righteousness. When I, 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 I got crazy on my, on my parents, they, they corrected me. They corrected me. I, I was born way before time out in Ridland, both. Matter of fact, when I was born or when I was going through all that and I was being corrected, I wish they'd take a time out and a Ridland. Are y'all with me? But there was something that happened. When I got that chastening and I got that correction, it put in me the fruits of righteousness. And I took upon the character of the one disciplining me. And I did what he wanted me to do. And you know what? When we sin and we break God's commandments and we come against God, God will come and he will correct you and he will challenge you and he will convict you and it will change your life and you will begin to follow him and you'll begin to love him and you will take on the character of the one that's disciplining you. So even the wrath that's here, God's delivered you from that. 
And I don't know about you, but when I know the why, it sure helps me appreciate the what. When I see what God truly feels about sin, and how wicked and how awful and how black sin really is, how guilty we are, and we understand why Jesus died. Listen, if you're here with the good news, I want you to thank Him even more than you ever have. If you're a child of God and you've been saved, man, I want you to praise Him like you've never praised Him. I want you to sing like you've never sang. And I want you to worship like you've never worshipped. But if you're here today and you don't know Christ, if you're here today and you, you say, Bridget, I don't have any church experience. That's cool. That's all right. I got good news. Say, preacher, I don't, know, I don't know how to be good. I got good news. Preacher, I don't want that wrath. I got good news. You know, how many of y'all ever played hide and seek? Some of y'all are lying in, in God's house again. Let me try this again. How many of y'all ever played hide and seek? Y'all remember how that worked? You remember how that worked? All right, you got to go. And you got to count to 100. And, and everybody scatters. One, two, three, nine, twelve. You know. You get tired of waiting, you skip ahead, you cheat. 99, 100. Ready or not. The bad news is, ready or not, wrath is coming. The good news is, you can get ready. You can get ready. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. 